What do you want to do? Come on, somebody. Just because somebody said, what if I said to Lynette? You know, Lynette, I can't help myself. I'm going to cheat on you. I have that gene. I'm going to be honest with you, I probably would have that gene. Because I want to tell you something. When I was this, when I was drinking, I just want to tell somebody today that if you're in sin and you are miserable, you don't know how to sin. That was good. Because I can tell you how to have sin and have fun. But the problem is, I know that I would be addicted to alcohol. I know that I, so I bet you I have that gene in me. I bet you a million dollars I got that gene in me. But see, what happens, just because we have a gene doesn't give me a license to do it. And the reason why is because we believe in the power of God, the power of the Spirit. So, so all of a sudden you see that, 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 that there's a broken relationship with man, and because of our total depravity, because of all this gene inside of us, these genes that, that because of sin, the world's getting worse. Listen, just because your life might be going well does not mean the planets are not out of disorder. Because read Romans 8, the earth is longing for the sons of God to be revealed. That's us to put it back to right. So what happens is God is trying to do a work inside of us. He's trying to do a work in us. So what happens is because there's a separation, there's a separation of sin, and we can't get back, then the devil tries to lie and get everybody says, oh, you can fix your relationship with God. Just wait till you're dead man or just be a good person or throw some people money towards the poor or maybe just go ahead and let's just all just dive into socialism. We're all, all equal and, 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 and all this other stuff. But I, listen, I just want to say that people are equal, ideas are not. Mm -hmm. As Robbie Zacharias would say, so what happens, God? What does he do? Because God is so beautiful and so, and so kind, but more than that, he's so loving. What does God do? Because of his great love for us, while we were still sinners, come on, somebody, Christ did what? He died for us. So God sent the picture of grace, Jesus, Colossians 1.15. He is the image of God, the firstborn over what? All creation. He sends Jesus to become for us what we cannot become for ourselves. Matthew 5, 48, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. We cannot be perfect. There's no one in this room. There's no one that will ever be. There's only one who is perfect, and his name is who? Jesus. Because you see, because of sin, there is a curse. There is a curse that brings death. There is a curse. We did it to ourselves. We can't blame God. So because of this curse, this burden of sin that we cannot bear, Paul will put it this way. I do what I don't want to do. And what I don't want to do, I do. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Read that in Romans 7. So there's a burden we cannot bear, as John Piper was saying, a demand we cannot meet. But in God's great love for us, he sent this picture of grace to Jesus to absolutely smash Sin and destroy it, to throw it into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west, and to take our, the payment of sin, which is death, and he put it upon himself, so that we in turn might receive the perfection of Jesus, that's called righteousness, right? He who knew no sin became sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God, right? Second Corinthians chapter 5, 21. And so this righteousness now is imputed, right? Birth inside of us. And we have this relationship with God. All of a sudden we have an open heaven as when Jesus was baptized, the heavens were open. The dove representing the Holy 
up in open heaven. Every time we pray, God is not deaf. He is open to us. So we have this open heaven. And God is speaking. And we get the righteousness of God. We get the forgiveness of sins. And we get eternal life. And people are like, oh, this is great. This is great. This is a good deal. That's the gospel, right, John? That's the gospel. The good news is we get the righteousness of Jesus. We don't have to pay the penalty of death that leads to hell, that separation or eternally from God. And oh, by the way, we get eternal life. So everybody that I love that was saved, oh, I get to be with them. That is not the point of the gospel. The point of the gospel is not that we get the righteousness of God, not that we get eternal life, not that we get forgiveness of sins. The point of the gospel is we get Jesus. So the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Ephesians 1 says he has sealed us. Ephesians 4, 30, do not grieve the Spirit of God with whom we are sealed with the day of redemption. So now we are believers because of God's great love for us. He makes a way for us in our total depravity in Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden we receive that grace and now we receive it by faith. And so now God says, now that you receive it by faith, this is the way, walk in it. So we walk by faith and not by and so we walk in now, every moment we live is mercy, mercy, mercy. You get cancer, it's mercy. You get healing from it, it's mercy. You have a broken relationship, it's mercy. You have a new relationship, it's mercy. Why? Because in an instant, God can take anything away, but God has a purpose in everything. And because of his mercy, now we get to walk in it, and we are more than, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you ain't with me this morning, we are more than what? conquerors in Christ Jesus. So whether I have a broken relationship or a great relationship or bad finances or broken future and dreams, I've got a God that's bigger than what I'm facing. So we get mercy. But what we're missing as believers, everybody all wants a prophetic word. Listen, I'm all about prophecy. It's the greatest of gifts. Listen, prophecy is powerful. I'm going to tell you straight up. When I witness to somebody and I can give a prophetic word, whoo, you smell what God is cooking. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, how about I get a word of knowledge, right? John chapter 4, woman at the well, what, what happened to her? Jesus said, go get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He said, you're, she, he said, you're right. You had five, and the one you're with right now is not your husband. She realizes this is a word of knowledge that he knew something about her that she didn't know that he knew. She steps back and says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. I'm going to tell you what, I love when I get to witness to somebody, and I'm talking to them, and they're like, well, it's Jesus feeling, and if God feel, why don't you just show up, and da 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 I want to see God. I want to see God. I said, hold up. What I really want to say in my mouth is, no, you're wrong, Jabroni, but I would say that. So what I do is I start praying. God, give me a word. Give me a word. I said, let me tell you something. You know why you can't trust God? Because when your dad walked out and you were 13, that's why you can't trust God. Because you put, you put the image of your earthly father on your heavenly father. And I want you to know that the, God, the earthly father might be a bust, but God is not. He's been chasing after you a long time. How do you know that I said you just saw God? Okay. Maybe I need Jesus. I'm all about prophetic word, but here's the problem. Some of us don't know how many to serve. None. Come on, family. None. We got all this. We got all this learning, but we got no discernment. No discernment. We don't know how to look at situations. We don't know how to look at situations and figure out what's going. On. What is missing is discernment. Listen, I know what I'm talking about because I'm the king of needing discernment. Listen, I'm the one who gave my daughter 14 ounces in one sitting. She's about three months old. Don't you judge me. See, see what it was. She was crying. 
time she cried, I just stuck a bottle right in her mouth. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, she must be hungry because she's taking after me because I'm going to cry when I'm hungry. <laughs> boom, shut up. ounces in one city. I've never seen vomit go that far. I mean, it was projectile. She cried and she cried and she cried. And as soon as her mother came home from vacation Bible school, literally, I put Lauren in her mother's arms and she stopped. I said, this is unbelievable. I'm like the worst father in America. I didn't know how to have these a sermon. I didn't know that she needed to burn. I didn't know how things had all that gas. I mean, I should have known that she was after me, but you know what I'm saying, don't judge me. It's better to come out that end than the basement, people. That's it. Wait for it. So anyway, I, you know, we need to serve it. Like, okay, some of you have been in math class. I mean, I know, you, I know you, you're like super smart. I'm not. But some of us sit in math classes, right? And the professor gets up there and does the problem. And enhances the problem. And I look at the paper like I'm looking at you. I don't have any discernment. Oh, I've learned how to do the problem, but I can't understand the first step now. He can get up there and talk about it. He can draw it. He can feed it to me, but I still don't understand it. Is anybody tracking me today? We need discernment. Discernment is what we need. We need to understand what is going on. I didn't say we need to know knowledge. I didn't say we need another roadmap. We need to discern the roadmap. We need to discern what's going on around us. What is happening to us right now? There's this, there's this area uh, we don't understand. Listen, we need to discern the singleness. We need to discern our relationships. We need to discern, uh, discern our jobs. Or, uh, or, or should I stay or should I go now? Never mind the class. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Some of y'all like, oh, yeah. This go on. All right, so we need to discern Galatians chapter 2. Why? Why do we need it? Because we have received the gospel. We are walking now in the mercies of God. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his what? Faithfulness. 2 Timothy 2.13. When I'm faithless, he is. Because he cannot deny himself. You can look it up. That's scripture. So now we walk in mercies and God says, here, go here. God says, stay here. God says, you're in this situation. You're single. You're married. You're this. You got this job. Now what? Now what? And what happens is, we're always busting out Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my and a light unto my. See, what we want to do is we want to look at the path. We should start looking at our feet. Mm -hmm. Start looking at the path. You like the people playing Pokemon Go. Go find a gym. All right, so um, Galatians. You know, I feel like a tired animal with this. See, the reason why you need to serve them, let me say this. You think, well, why we got these speakers and things today? Because right after worship, they're painting this stage. So they've got everything separated. That's why we don't have words. That's why we don't have these speakers. And that's why these big old thumpers over here, these, right? They bring the bass, boom, right? They're all this unplug because you're ready to paint all this. See, the sermon is if you understand what's going around you, maybe you're open to what God can do through you. So you just you don't you don't know that we, we have some constraints sometimes that we have to flow in. But what I know is what man might hinder me to flow in. God is bigger than that. Galatians chapter two. So we're walking in places we don't know what to do. 
We're walking in walking in areas that are refreshing. We're walking up. Ready? We're walking in this. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Here we go. Let's pray. Lord, I come to you uh, and I ask that you just move in me by the power of the Holy Spirit that we don't come with wise and persuasive words. I don't do that. But I come with a demonstration of the Spirit and a power. So Lord, do something mightily in and through us. We need discernment, Lord. Have mercy on your people. We are walking in the path. This is the way. Walking it. That whisper behind our ear in Isaiah. So we're trying to walk in it, Lord. But what we need is to be able to discern what you're doing and where you are and what's going on so that we can join you. So God, since you're not hiding, hiding far away, you're not a hide and seek God, you don't hide from us and we got to do the spiritual hoops. we got to open heaven because we believe in the promise of God. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great mighty things which you do not know. Since we have a new covenant that you take it out of heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, since everything is in Jesus and he holds it all together. And when I am faithless, he has got me saved, keeping me saved, forever saved because he is faithful and is his righteousness inside me. Then Lord, I say open our eyes, please. If there's any sin, we thank you that you're forgiving us right now, but we want to acknowledge it so we can do something about it and your spirit can work and change us. Will us to do your will and not our will so that our self sinful nature will not override the spirit because they're waging war right now. So we ask that you speak to us, Lord. We humbly come before you. We all say this in the matchless name of Jesus. All God's people say what? Come on. I feel like I got a fresh word. Here we go. All right, so here it is. Here's, what, here's the goal. Here's the main idea. It's on some uh, church on Facebook. So if you want to look at the notes, here's the main idea. We got one point, and then I'm going to kind of build off of that. Ready? The idea is this, is what we're asking the Lord today is the, is, is the courage to trust the discernment he gives us. So we're going to have a time where I'm literally, we're going to ask God, God, give us discernment about whatever it is on your heart. Like, if you feel like you want to get on your knees, bring your family up here, bring yourself up here, whatever you want to do if you're physically able, then what we want to do is we're going to spend some time asking God for discernment. And I want you to know something, that God will give it. But he also said this in James, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask for the Father who gives it generously, come on, without finding fault. But let him not be double-minded. How is that really you? Here's how you know when it's important. One, he's going to birth it in your heart. Two, the more you embrace it, the more peace you get in your desire. There's not three external confirmations that happen, but you won't get external confirmation probably externally until you step out and do it. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, we're asking you. So, Galatians 2, 1 through 5. Then after 14 years, this is I, meaning Paul, went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas, who means son of encouragement. I took Titus, oh, by the way, Titus means nurse. Isn't it interesting that God brought an encourager and somebody that would be with the gift of mercy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we surround ourselves with people that have no encouragement in our life and they have no gift of mercy to walk with us. I took Titus also. I went in response to a revelation 
and meeting probably with those esteemed leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who means nurse, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false teachers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. That's the beauty of the gospel. We have freedom to go and do things to mercy of God. When we fail, we are more than conquerors because nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, right? When I'm faithless, he is faithful. God calls us all things to work together for good for those who love and serve him call according to his purpose. Those are mercy statements, promises in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we walk and attempt things in the Lord and if we fail, we only fail because maybe we didn't hear or maybe there was sin or maybe the world tries to come against us, but maybe we'll understand that failure today is not doing what God is saying, more so than doing what God is saying and then not turning out like we want to. This matter arose because of false teachers some false believers had infiltrated our ways to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel, I love this part, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. So, do we have courage to trust the discernment that God gives us? And here's what I want you to know. We're going to need discernment. Why? Let me just give you some why. Now, here we go. Number one, because the gospel continually brings us the Holy Spirit's revelation requiring a response. We're going to need discernment because the more what we got, God gives you a revelation, Robbie, that requires a response. Look with me in verse 1. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. Most people believe this is Acts chapter 15, though there are some scholars who say that it's not because he would have gone ahead and given the list later on in chapter 2 of what they give in Acts 15. But clearly, in the, the time frame is synonymous. This time with Barnabas, I took Titus along also. Look at verse 2. I went in response to a revelation. The reason why we need discernment, discernment is because the Holy Spirit is going to continually reveal something to us that requires a response. And our response requires uh, uh, discernment. The word revelation there, I told you this last week, is apocalypsis. When you re read the book of Revelation, when you read the book of Revelation, it is the apocalypsis. Or when we get the word apocalypse, it just means unveiling. God is unveiling the future to us. It's principally used under revelation of Christ. God is going to give us a revelation, a particular spiritual revelation of Christ and His will. That's really what that means in the Greek. I'm reading what it means in the Greek. A particular spiritual manifestation of Christ referring to His will. Here's an example of that. Um, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, one, uh, chapter 2, 7 through 10. 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 7. I'm excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 7 through 10. Look what it says here. First Corinthians chapter 2, 7 through 10. No, 
declare God's wisdom. A mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Now he's saying, Paul saying, God gave us a revelation to see Jesus for who he truly is, Lord and Savior. And you're in this room today, and the vast majority of this room has surrendered to Jesus as your Lord. If you have not, you are not saved. He's either Lord of all or not at all. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. We have revelation continually. God speaking to us. We need discernment now on what to do with what He says. We need Him to be a lamp into our feet sometimes, but we're so forward thinking. We always want God to be a light into our path. Who do I marry? Who do I marry? Where do I go? What job? What degree? Should this? Should I do this? Should I give to that? I mean, everything is so forward thinking. What you would be asking the Lord today is what you're asking God, what do I do right now? Verse 10. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. Apocalypses. These are the things God has apocalypses, revelation to us by His Spirit. He's revealed it to us. Oh, and by the way, I just want you to tell you something, that just because you don't like who the revelation came from or came through doesn't give us the right to reject the revelation. I mean, just because, listen, just, hey, parents, come on, somebody in the room, parents, I'm talking to us now, come on. You know when we tell you get a revelation from God? Like, if you, if you don't do this, your future is going to be hindered. Like, God is giving us discernment. And you know what, you know what, sometimes children are thinking, I know you ain't talking to me. I mean, look at you, John, you can't even match. Somebody told me this morning, I'm not going to mention your names, Christy. She said, John, I've known you for 20 years and you were wearing brown and black before it was cool. And then Robbie looks and says, John, you're a trendsetter. <laughs> you see what happens? Sometimes we look at our, we look at our parents and say, no, nah, I look at my mom and dad, y'all crazy. Y'all so old, you got Moses' cell number, I ain't talking to you. You don't even know what's cool. You can't wear hipster clothes. Though yesterday I did buy Adidas soccer sweats that were tight around the edges. Oh, I am going to rock it one Sunday for you. Just call me hipster. And so I said, look at me, I'm not doing what you're asking me to do. I'm coach, I'm not listening to you. You don't know what I'm talking about. You don't, you don't know me. No, but I know your Lord. That was good. So what happens is, just because we don't like where the revelation came from or who it came through doesn't mean we got to reject the revelation. Sometimes it doesn't. If God can speak through a donkey, he can, think, he can speak through anybody. Sometimes it's the professor that fails. God can do it. So what happens in there? Go back to Galatians chapter two, uh, 2, verse 2. He says this, Galatians 2, verse 2. I went in response to Revelation. So the Revelation demanded a response. The response, the, the New Living Translation says that I should go. And it literally means I went. The, the, the word response isn't really in the, the, 
uh, Greek, but it means I went. I went in or I went up. It, it means to go up, uh, to move to a higher place. When we respond to the Lord, yes, I know he's talking about going to Jerusalem and that's a high, the city high on a hill. But listen, when you respond to the Lord, you move up. Move up, move You do. Bigger love, bigger devil love. I think it's interesting. He says, I went up. So now, it bears witness that our response is crucial. We're going to get a revelation from God that requires a response, but that response always requires discernment. So why do we need discernment? One is revelation. As we're going to get a revelation through the Holy Spirit that requires a response. Number two, the gospel continually brings us Holy Spirit revelation requiring a response that produces huge and lasting effects. Come on, somebody. Everything that we do produces huge and lasting effects. Listen to this, verse 2. I went in response to a, a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed leaders as I presented them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure. Here it is. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in what, saints? So he said, I, I, I don't want my race that I was running and that I had been running to, to be in vain. Listen, and by the way, that word running there, that's the one that's similar to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 if you're a coach you like that. But it means this. It means it literally means running. It means, it, uh, I'm going to give you the definition, like an athlete moving forward with full effort. It means we are all in and we're going all out. Come on. You can tell when somebody loves Jesus because they're all in and they go all out. So he said, I want you to know I'm running. I'm all in with Jesus. The same man that persecuted you, I'm all in. Are we all in? And are we going all out? Listen, the servant, the servant from the Lord gives us the freedom to go all in and all out. Listen, I'll tell you something. I would rather fail being a preacher than never becoming one. Because if I get a chance to lie on my deathbed and look back, I'm going to say, God, I did, a, I did a everything I could for you. Although I made a lot of mistakes, what I'm holding on to is I'm going to hold on. I want to, if the Lord allows me, here's what I'm going to, and, 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 you know, I don't get a chance to show how I'm going to die, right? But if I get a chance to show how I'm going to die, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put a chair right beside me. Y'all with me? Because y'all going to come and see me and bring me food. Though I can't eat, I can smell. <laughs> Stick a tube in me and put a big old yeast bowl and shove that thing through. Blow hard. And I'm going to put a chair right beside me. And I'm going to put my hand in that empty chair. Because that chair is going to represent Jesus. And I'm going to say this to myself. Yea, though I walk. They don't know what I'm talking about. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the... Um, but you're with me. Though I'm scared you're not. Jesus, you, you faced it all. So I want my race to run, my life to count for something. Now where I'm in life is not how much money I make, it's how many people I can affect. That's what matters. You think your money's going to reach your grave? All in all, listen, every time I do a funeral, I don't ever see a dollar bill short. In fact, I see a lot of dollar bills go out. What's sad is when people don't come because their life has been about an object. So what happens running, the word vain there, he says this, had not been running my race in vain. The word vain literally means to be empty. It means to be worthless. Do you want your life to be worthless? If you want your life to be vain, you want your life to be empty, then don't ask for discernment. But if you get discernment, 
setting it up to be right. And I'm going to show you today. I'm going to show you. Listen, how do we know we're not running in vain? The answer is discernment. And I'm going to show you an example of somebody who was, in my opinion, remember a New Testament point is always an Old Testament picture. I don't know, I don't know who quoted that initially. Sometimes people didn't use that. I mean, it's, all, it's always, 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 always on there. Listen, let me give you an example. Give me the example of Joseph. Joseph in Genesis. Joseph was a man, right? Joseph was a man who was one of the brothers. And y'all remember what happened to Joseph? Joseph was a guy that his brothers were jealous of because he had a dream. And he had a dream that everybody was going to bow to him, down to him. Even his father Jacob, whose name had been changed to Israel. Y'all all these sons, right? All these sons, these 12 tribes, and Jacob and Joseph is going to be the leader of them all. And his brothers can stand and they throw him in a well. Then you've got some Ishmaelites. Sometimes they're called Midianites. And they come by and they take him in a caravan and they take him down to Egypt. And they sell him into Potiphar's house. Potiphar's house, he's, he's a slave in the house, but the man is a strong looking stud. He's looking good. And Potiphar's wife is like, hmm, you look better than my husband. Come sleep with me. And he's like, man, I can't do that against the Lord. So he runs out, leaves his coat. She's like, freaks out because she's embarrassed because home slice turned her down. She's bitter in her heart. So what she does is she turns into Potiphar and he gets thrown in jail. Y'all know the drill. He gets thrown in jail. And then he has, he's there with two people that from the king. One is the cupbearer and one is the guy who's the bread maker. Y'all know the story. What happens? They have dreams. He interprets the dreams. And although the bread maker, oh, you're going to die in three days and the birds are going to be eating your head. And then the cupbearer, you're going to go back to the king. And sure enough, that's what happens. And the cupbearer goes back to the king. Cupbearer forgets about it. Then all of a sudden, the king, excuse me, Pharaoh has a, has a dream. No one can interpret it. The cupbearer goes, hey, there's a dude in prison who interpreted my dream. Told me exactly what's going to happen. He comes back to him. He says, hey, here's the deal. Uh, bring, bring Joseph to me. Joseph comes up to, to Pharaoh. He interprets the dream. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh makes it number two in all the land. There's a famine in Israel. The brothers come back. They bow before him. Boom, shakalaka. There's a the whole story. But let me just show you, this story is powerful. The reason why we know we can have discernment. The reason why we, we know we need discernment, how we can have it, listen to this. Fact number one, because of the gospel, because of the gospel, God is with us. Listen, we can get discernment because God is with us. Listen, I want you to look at Genesis 39 too. Let's just turn it for a second. This is really good stuff. I'm going to give you, this is something new that blew my mind. Genesis 39 too. This is the, ready, this is that fresh word I want to give you today. And I got a book.
And I get thrown into this as a slave. I'm not a slave in my dad's house, but now I'm a slave in some foreign land. But look what happens. Because Joseph, because the Lord was with Joseph, everything that he did, he did what? Saints, what's the word say? He what? He prospered. We can have discernment and prosper even though our finances make no sense. You can still prosper even if you're single. You can still prosper even if your spouse says, I hate God. You can still prosper even if your boss says, I hate you. We can still prosper. Because the reason why we prosper is because God is with us. Now I'm setting you up something. But just because the Lord was with Joseph didn't mean things didn't go wrong. Hmm. So he prospers in the house. Potiphar puts him in charge of everything. What happens if the Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with him? Joseph runs off. And so his righteousness of following God gets him thrown in what saints? Listen, we need discernment. If Joseph didn't have discernment, y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Listen, if Joseph did not have discernment in the midst of Potiphar's house, he would have quit. I'm saying, well, I'm going to show you that Joseph didn't quit. That Joseph trusted the promise of God so much that whatever circumstance came, he would still trust God. Listen, and here's what happens. You know he gets thrown in jail. But when he gets thrown in jail, guess what? The Lord was with him, the Bible says. And he what, saints? Prosper. He blew in a place that was horrible. Can I get a witness? Listen, if you're not in a place sometimes that's horrible, then you ain't walking on with Jesus. Because sometimes God will send you a place you don't even know why you're there. You will question the fabric of who you are. I'm telling you, listen, we can have discernment. I'm giving you proof. He has discernment. Even when he's in jail, he has discernment. He doesn't deny God, though I bet his flesh was screaming. I'm in jail because of you, God. I'm in jail because I trusted a word, a prophetic word, a prophetic dream that I had. I'm trusting you. Fact number one. Because of the gospel, we know that God is with us. So we know we can have discernment. Fact number two. This is not, and I love what John Silhammer says, this is not a story of the success of Joseph, but rather of God's faithfulness to his promises. I want you to know so the reason why we have discernment is God is faithful to his promise. It's not about our success, it's about his goodness. I'm telling you the truth. If you buy into the Lord like that, then whatever happens, if you get an injury, guess what? You can still prosper. If somebody breaks up with you, you can still prosper. If you lose your job, your kid goes crazy, your grandchild goes wild, you can still prosper. Listen, how other people act ain't going to determine how I act. We were riding down the road. So my mother turned 87. She probably won't listen to this. Forgive me, Mom. You know you don't like me telling your age. So we go to a birthday party, right? So we're riding down the road. Lauren's act, y'all in the car with us. And so, listen, I'm just going to tell you. So what happens is the, this, the traffic jam, it took us two hours to go from 15 miles this side of Columbia. I mean, it was bad. It was an accident everything. So what happens is, long story short, there's a big jacked up truck in front of me that I am actually going, man, I don't really love your truck. And then the car in front of him, because we're like, you know, just moving along inches at a time, breaks down. So the truck goes off into the median in the middle of the road. You know where that little wire is, right? It goes off into the road, and there's a car with this hazard someone, but he's just, this young guy, about 20 years old, like stuck. 
So the guy in the truck jumps out, or the pastor jumps out, starts to push. I jump out, I'm in the driver's seat, I'm in the fast lane, we ain't going nowhere. So I jump out, I start pushing, right? So we push him in the median, the man jumps in the driver's seat, I run around 26, boom, jump into the pastor's seat, now we start answering along. This guy comes up next to me. Now he's pretty old. And he waves to me. But he waves to me with signals that were singles, but he wasn't saying I was number one. <laughs> so Zach starts laughing, and Lauren starts laughing, and everybody's like, what is going on? So I start waving back. I say, I love you. He gives me the double bird. He double fist me the bird. Bird is bird. Bird, bird, no. Right, so, and I'm like, this is really bad. So it's not like we're going to work because we're injured. I'm going to in front of him. And he's just, my kids are learning sign language. <laughs> so his gas tank is down, and Zach's like, Zach, you know, he's trying to say, he point to his, his gas tank, his, his cap is, excuse me, I said, yeah, it's, it's open, and you know, it's dangerous, right? So he's like trying to point to it. Well, the guy starts, I'm not going to tell you this one. He starts making other image sign languages that are really bad. <laughs> Because it, the, the debauchery, unsafe acts, it takes you places you don't want to go. They could encourage 
mean, just wake up in the morning and you realize that person didn't look as good. All right, so I'm just telling you, say what you want, it's true. Listen to this. Here's what I'm saying, old curse. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, John and Selma said, repeatedly fell short of God's expectation. Though, uh, 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 through the course of that, they continued to have faith in God. Though Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob failed, go back and look at it. You see, Joseph is a righteous man. And that's not attributed to Abraham. I mean, you get to see Abraham failed, right? Isaac failed. Jacob failed. But they, when they failed, they had faith in God. But there's something different about Joseph. And the difference is, is he had to serve it. Think about Abraham. Abraham says, listen to this. Abraham says, oh, listen, my wife, like the guy, the guy Pharaoh wants to sleep with his wife. So he says, tell me my sister, which is like a half truth. A half truth is like eating brownies with 0.1% poop in it. You still going to eat it? Well, it's just a little dog poop. No, you're not going to eat it. That's what a half truth is. What's a half truth? still a lie. No, Lynette, I didn't sleep with her. Okay, depressed, but not today. Half truth is still a lie. So what happens? They had to still have faith in God, but something different about it. He had to see. So Abraham couldn't discern the situation with Joseph. He just stay with me. Come on, stay with me. When God's people respond, as Joseph responded, as Joseph said, then their way and, and God's blessing will prosper. Here's the last thing I want to show you. Here it is. We can have discernment because God is with us. We're going to prosper. God is always going to fulfill His promises. And here's the next thing. That it only happens when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that in all the patriarchs, I want you to show you something. In all the patriarchs, Joseph is the first one that says he's filled with the Spirit of God. Look at uh, Genesis 41. Turn to Genesis 41. This is really good. This is really, really, really good. Verse 38. Get there. you got to underline it. you got to highlight it in your phone. Do something if you got mouse uh, or whatever you got. Verse 38, Genesis 41, 38. So Pharaoh, stay with me, we're going to lay on the plane. So Pharaoh asked them. He asked his people, right? And he's talking about Joseph, because Joseph's interpreted. Can we find anyone like this man? And who is the spirit of what saints? Joseph is the first guy attributed that inside of him is the Spirit of God. Where the Spirit of God is, there is discernment. And if we don't have discernment, it's because we're not keeping in step with the Spirit. Go back and look at it. Look at it. Look through all the people. Look through all the patriarchs. Joseph had the Spirit of God. And having the Spirit of God means you can discern. Oh, I got some good stuff for you today. I'm telling you, if somebody's in with me, look at verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so, what saints? There is no one so discerning and wise as you. Joseph, because of the Spirit of God, because of the presence of God, and he's trusting the promises of God, he allowed the Spirit of God to speak the sermon so he could understand the situation and not sleep with Potiphar and not give up when he was in jail. Discernment is so powerful because it allows you to do that. Listen, when we have discernment, we understand. It gives us the ability to interpret what's around us. We Christians are struggling to interpret. Listen, we can't even get the election right. Everybody's just, everybody, listen. Oh, I'm just going to say one thing. This ain't a political statement. So don't judge what I'm saying. 
people say, well, this person gets elected, this person, this bad things will happen, this person elected, we all want to go to war. I just want to remind everybody, we're going to go to war. Jesus said, there will be wars and rumors of it. Until Jesus comes back, ain't nobody going to get along. But the people of God, who have the Spirit of with them, we set the standards. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Man, we all love each other so good. Nobody can compare to that. So we have the ability to jump in. Listen to this. Listen to what Sarah said. The narratives in this, this serves to set Joseph apart from all who preceded him in the book. He was wise and understanding, verse 39 says in chapter 41. This picture is quite different from the other patriarch. Abraham was a prophet, but Joseph was a wise man. I want what God said about us is that so much church that we have discernment. It's okay if somebody speaks a prophecy over you, but if you don't discern what it means, then we lose the power of the prophecy. Discernment is what matters here. Discernment is what's important. But Joseph the wise man, Abraham saw, he said, listen, Abraham saw the course of the future events in a vision. In Genesis 15, 1, look at it. Abraham saw the course of the future, but Joseph interpreted the future as now. That's the difference. Discernment. I want to give you an example of this sermon. Look at Genesis 41, verse 32. We're getting ready to lay the plane. Bobby, will you play over me? This is going this way really good. I need you to play over me because I feel like this is the pet most, one of the most. So how, like here, what's an example of discernment? Let me give you an example. Set a hammer toss by this. Genesis 41, verse 32. Verse 32. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms. Remember he had a dream? Seven years of famine? Seven years of... Come on. Plenty? Do y'all remember? Seven years of famine? Seven years of plenty? Actually, it's plenty then famine. But Look what it says here in verse 32. Bobby, this is really big because I want to speak this over your life. And for some reason, I don't know why you kind of been on my heart about this. Because I feel like, I'm going to point you out, we all need to start, right? But I feel like. <laughs> Verse 32. The reason the dream will be, excuse me, the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God. And the Bible says God will do a what? Listen to me, listen to me. Here it is. We're laying in the plane. How did Joseph, this is brilliant, how did Joseph know that this vision, he's in discernment of what has, what's coming, how to interpret life, how to interpret my circumstance of singleness, interpret my job situation, interpret my relationship, interpret my finances, interpret right now. How did he know that this, how did he know there in verse 32 where it says, it is given in two forms. That is, the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. How do you know? Listen to this. The vision, there's a pattern of twos in Scripture. There was two dreams. The two dreams were interpreted twice. After two years, right, he comes out. The king had two dreams, one of plenty, one of famine. Uh, when the dream is repeated, this is what he knew. When the dream is 
repeated, I'm not really sorry. When the dream is repeated, it is to show the matter is certain and swift. If God speaks to you twice, it is coming and coming fast. That's brilliant. We just now have a principle in scripture. She said, Johnny's not saying that to me. No, we have a principle in scripture. God just gave us a principle right now. That when God does something twice, when God does something twice, it is coming and it is coming now. And Joseph had this gift of discernment. Why? Because he had the Spirit of God within him and he trusted the, that God's promises is the point and not him. So when God says something to you twice, Robbie, God is saying it is certain and you can't change your mind. Now listen, listen, I don't want to go too far with this, but let me just say, isn't it interesting when God tells Moses something one time that God, that Moses had the opportunity to pray and God changed? Did anybody get that? Sometimes God reveals something to you because God wants you to pray about it so it can change. You say, but God's changing his mind? No, God's not changing his mind. God is letting you know what he's about to do if something doesn't happen. But if we adjust to the will of God, then what's going to happen doesn't happen. Or maybe it does, because we adjust to it. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. You adjust yourself to the Lord. Guess what? You find a good thing. But you keep living for yourself. You don't find it. What you find is brokenness and heartache and you wake up 20 years of marriage and you go, what I do? Listen, I'm telling you the truth. Twice is happening. That's the gift of the sermon. That's what's happening. So today in this room, who needs the gift of the sermon? I mean, as far as who needs some discerning about where I'm at, what's going on? Who needs to ask the Lord? Lord, I'm telling you, I know you're with me. I have an open heaven. The Holy Spirit lives within me. Who needs discernment today? Here's an example of discernment and the power of God. Pursuing the Lord, praise God, because this is a corporate encounter, a 
as believers to hear the voice of the Lord. Discernment, discernment, discernment. Proverbs 2, verse 3. And we end with this. And then I'm going to pray. Proverbs 2, verse 3. Here's the promise. See, I believe it's a shame that that's not working today. That's just one of the ways the enemy wants to blind you from trusting God. I'll say it. Indeed, if you call out for insight, Proverbs 2, verse 3. That word insight in some translation is the word discernment. You look it up. Indeed, if you call out for insight, that is discernment, and cry aloud, for understanding. Lord, this is my prayer in front of all the people that are kneeling in front of you today. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Lord, you made it clear. First comes humility in your presence. And your presence always brings answers. See, you know what people are looking for today? Speak, Lord. As Samuel said in 1 Samuel, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. For those in this room, Lord, Never surrender to you. Wreck them. Wreck them. There's nothing more beautiful than Jesus. Nothing more satisfying. Their sins can never be fixed except by Jesus. And he has done it. But will they repent and turn to him and surrender?